what it is! How's it going, everybody? Today we're gonna be talking about James and the Giant Peach, a retro review for the ages. We're gonna talk about all the things. We're gonna talk about trifling aunts, giant bugs, trapping and enslaving seagulls. We're gonna talk about the whole thing. So if you wanna hear what we have to say, sit back, relax, grab a snack, grab a beverage, and listen on in to the first ones to die. Hello everyone, welcome to the first What's to Die podcast. We hope you are doing well on this wonderful, wonderful day. My name is Jonathan. I am here with Alex and J -J -J Jerome. How are y'all doing? <laughs> I feel like I should be like uh, should be like uh Martin. Rome in the house! Rome in the house! Rome and Rome! See what you started. <laughs> <laughs> I was here last week. All right, they, like they had, they missed all that. <laughs> no, that's true. All right, all this energy. I'm drinking strawberry soda. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's helpful. That's gonna make things great. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm tired today. I don't know why I keep yawning. And it's so annoying. And yeah. I think I just need like I'm just gonna sleep the whole weekend away i just love the idea uh, that actually sounds wonderful how has your week been has right. it has it been tiring it hasn't been bad at all it's been really busy at work but actually pretty chill um nothing nothing too exciting i do have a question for you guys this is something i saw would you rather be adopted into the wayne family or the wakanda royalty Wait, the Wakanda royalty. Wait, like, wait, the Wayne family. Yeah, like Wayne, the Wayne like Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. Oh, <laughs> would you rather be adopted You're, into that family? Would you rather be like, a Wayans brother or Wakanda family? Yeah, are you saying like the Wayans brother? Why the Wayans specifically? <laughs> I mean, they have their own dynasty going on. <laughs> no, the way the Bruce Wayne Batman family. Wakanda royalty. Hands down. Oh, it's Wakanda. Wakanda royalty. Why would anybody want to be a part of the Wayne family? All right, I first do. Of all, I'd rather go there. No, you wouldn't. No, and I'm going to tell you why. Gotham I'm going to tell you. It's a crappy city. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you why. One, I feel like the Wakanda family is going to make me still act right. And I got to present and like. No, and I thought about. I actually thought about this. I saw this earlier this week, and I've been thinking about it for over a week. The Wakanda family would still make me act right. Make me act right. All right. There's rules inside, but being part of the Wayne family, I could do what I want. I would have the like. I would have the rules of like oh, a straight white male. No, I could get away wouldn't. with anything. Yeah, I would. No, you wouldn't. Bruce is not parenting Alfred, those children. Yo, Alfred does. You still have to deal with Alfred. Yeah, and there's like 20 of us. He's going to not pay attention to one. That's Alfred how it was in my can family. pay attention to them all, all right? He is very attentive. I would have all the money in like a poor shit town. Think about what I could have control yeah, over. Yeah, too bad. Good luck trying to use it while Bruce Wayne's using it to fund all of his Batman adventures. And clearly he still has enough money. And also, if you live in the Wayne family while Batman's still around, he's going to turn you into a Robin. So you're going to have to train and do a lot of physical work to become a Robin That's so that you can gonna come with you on his adventures. That's still going to be part of the Wakanda family. I got to train no. with them. I gotta be no, sure, you don't have to train. No, she's smart, though. I know I am not smart, Jarrell. 
I am not a clever person. <laughs> if you don't want to be Black Panther, all you gotta do is just live I life. I threw my keys just in the dumpster cool. four times. All right, <laughs> I am not a clever person. I do not belong to a kind of fun. I'll cut us off still... here because this will turn into another podcast. Jerome, how was your week? That <laughs> <laughs> was fine. I, I went to San Antonio, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Texas. It was good. It was fun. Saw Rob in Dallas. Oh, that was fun. Yay. Uh, it was a fun time. We got to hang out for a little bit um, before I had to fly to San Antonio. Um, and that was great. Um, I miss him. I hope, I hope yeah. he moves back up to Seattle soon. Yeah, he's doing good. If he can. Yeah. Uh, that is still the plan. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it was, a, it was a fun trip. Got to do the river walk. Uh, went to this really cool retro bar um, like or barcade uh, called um, Be, uh, Be Kind Rewind. It was super cool. Coolest part of it was, um, I have pictures, but the coolest part is uh, the bar behind it. Like it had like the shelves, you know, where they have all the drinks and everything, like the bottles. And then on the side of it were these two LED screens that made it look like it was a VHS tape playing, like spinning. And uh, the bar looked like a big VHS tape and like a tape player. It was really cool. Um, And then there's just neon lights everywhere. There were a couple of great photo op little places. Like there's one part where you could walk into um, this hallway. And at the end of it, it, um, on the other side, it looked like you were inside of a claw machine. Like, you know, like um, a game claw machine. There was all types of photo ops like that all around. So it was was a really cool barcade. I highly recommend it if you live in the San Antonio area. Um, So that was fun. And then we saw the Alamo, which is like one of those like weird history things where it's like on one hand sure i guess it represents american rebellion on the other hand though it also represents like this is what it's like like never discount the discredit the ability of racists and slave owners to get together (laughs) for a common cause because that's who came to the alamo there's a lot of people who immediately after that that conflict was over were the same people who were like all right and we're seceding from the the united states because they won't let us have slaves no more so um, but there were some freed you know blacks black people there too so you can't you know can't say no, black people weren't a part of the part of the part of the Alamo story because there's some black people there too. One against his will because he was just a slave. But there was a one guy. He's got a statue in the Alamo right now. He's a freed man, made a conscious decision to go over there and fight at the Alamo. So, and that's history with Jerome. How are you doing, Jerome? <laughs> that's my history hour. History Tune in next week when we talk about Pearl Harbor. <laughs> 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 wow can't wait can't wait i'm looking uh forward to it very very anxiously tell us what black people were in pearl harbor <laughs> they were there <laughs> uh, jonathan how was your week? i'm gonna move on from that uh mine was good speaking of royalty i have been binge listening to the audiobook spare by prince harry that came out this week I was anxious about it. If you listen to our expectations from this year and last year, I talked about it um, and it's been really enjoyable so far. I'm about halfway through um, the 15 hours of listening to to Prince Harry talk about his life. Um, We just got through uh, 
his time in the military and uh, we're currently at um, around the time when uh, his brother got married. He did not, from my listening of this uh, this book, um, his brother and him do not like each other. Like, and they never have. <laughs> they might, <laughs> they might, they might love each other, but they've never liked each other. It's because um, he has hair. That's what it is. That's where the beef starts and ends at. It's just like you still got your hair. Well, you bastard. had hair, and then he started playing more into his family's games. I tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been really good. He's he's like his listening to the audiobook um i feel like it is is more enjoyable in this for this particular book um because he has a very good way of reading it um and just overall his his uh tone of voice in writing um the book in general is is overall really strong as well um i also watched the menu this past weekend Ooh, what'd you think? Oh, I Sunday watch it. I, I really enjoyed it. it. I won't spoil anything, but I thought it's it was good. really good. Yeah. It's good. I had a fun time. Um, and I've been going back to Abbott Elementary, which has been an enjoyable time. So a lot of media You've been going that back I to do, elementary school? Yeah, exactly. Your substitute teaching? Or uh, yep. are you just doing some teacher assistance, some volunteer work? Yeah, me and Tyler James Williams. Uh nice. we're we're uh <laughs> we're substitute teaching. And uh, it's it's been fun. So a lot of a lot of media consumption for me um, in twenty twenty <laughs> in twenty twenty three. I told myself I will you know read more, watch more movies, and watch more TV. Which and you still know, haven't watched Atlanta though. Mm-hmm. Ooh, hey, we'll get to that. Okay, <laughs> did I put that in any of my expectations? No, I didn't. <laughs> so until I do, then you can get on me about that. But I will. I will. <laughs> Uh, but today we are here. Speaking of peaches, because uh, <laughs> Atlanta and Georgia, uh, <laughs> we are here to talk about James and the Giant Peach. That is right. This is another retro review for you. The 1996 film tells the story of an orphan who lives with his two cruel aunts and befriends anthropomorphic bugs who live inside a giant peach, and they embark on a journey to New York City. Uh, The film stars a whole bunch of people, including Paul Terry, uh, Miriam Margolos, Joanna Lumley, uh, and some of the voices of Simon Callow, Richard Dreyfuss, Jeff Bennett, Jane Leaves, Susan Sarandon, David Thewlis, um, and again, Miriam Margolos, Margolos, uh, <laughs> uh, basically, for our retro reviews, we kind of—I feel like we usually just get into it. We don't usually do a spoiler section because the movie is almost thirty years old. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we're just gonna dive into it. Alex has not ever seen this film. Alex, Until I'll now. let you first. Until now, I have a list. I got questions. Oh my gosh! Um, Is that a printed off questions? I have questions. Did you type this and print this? Yeah, (laughs) because I have very bad handwriting. Uh, First off. Why is it in every like Tim Burton and Dis- in like Disney film? Why is it that there's always like three siblings, the one attractive sibling who marries a per- good person and then dies, and then the two horrible siblings? Like, 
who's raising these people that they're doing this to them? Angie Fro- <laughs> Why is it always like this? Okay. <laughs> you, you also, I would be. You, <laughs> did you hear what I said though? Yes. Oh, I, you didn't yeah, freeze for me. Okay. So it's you. It caught up. You're for the me, problem. So it caught up. It's all good. Um. Also, I'd be evil too if my mother, you know, named me Spiker or Sponge. <laughs> Spike and Sponge. <laughs> Spike and Sponge. Like, what is with those? I feel like those were nicknames. That was the names in the film. That's not. That's not better. <laughs> my mom. They called me Sponge when I was little. That's not why I'm cruel. Why is no movie in Tim Burton's films structurally sound? Well, here's the thing. What is you, going on you with that? Blame why are Tim all of them tilted like that? No, it's Roald Dahl wrote this. <laughs> I've read because I read the synopsis of James and the Giant Peach. It is actually very faithful to the book. This is the book, <laughs> like verbatim. And I figured, Fine. even with the style, <laughs> even with some of the stylistic choices, like the sets, especially, especially that first set when they're on an island, and the set when they're in um, his house when he's in when he's. Uh, under the care of his aunts. Um, it looked very like storybook esque. It looked very like, like you were watching a play or something. Yeah. Um, it looked like a very narrow high up house. Mm-hmm. Like there looked like there were two rooms and then another floor and then another two rooms on top. Mm-hmm. What's crazy is you could tell that this movie is struggling to make this story work as a film. Because literally, the uh, when I read the synopsis, the story is like like so ridiculous. <laughs> but you know, it's a children's book. It's supposed you know it can be. That's fine. But it's just like trying to make it a cohesive movie, though. I I don't know if I would have took this project on because like I would have struggled. Because like for example, the the rhino thing that happens in the book, but it's not like here where the rhino okay, feels yeah. like a metaphor for like his fears or whatever. Like in the book, it's just a rhino just shows up and eats his parents. That's just it. That's just that's just waiting. Yeah, I was gonna ask about what was with the rhino because the rhino not, like it appears in the movie as a cloud. I did cloud. not. I did not remember the rhino aspect. <laughs> Maybe I did like faintly, but were they in a safari or did it just pop out of nowhere? I feel like I. I I feel like the rhino is a metaphor for something. Maybe his parents died of cancer or something, but you can't say that in like a kid's movie. So, so they got eaten by a rhinoceros, and 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 that met, the metaphor is like at the end of the movie when he's like trying to defeat the rhino, and he's like, "I'm not afraid of you. Like, I don't care what you throw at me in life. I'm not afraid of you. I'm never going to be afraid of you. I thought that was the, what the metaphor was. Like, I'm not afraid of cancer. I'm, let's just say it's can- Okay, they so, died of cancer. So now. here's, here's what, stupid, here's what the Wikipedia... Feared, uh- a rhino. Here's what the Wikipedia it says. Him. It says, unfortunately, when he is four years old, an oddly carnivorous rhinoceros escapes from the zoo and eats James's parents. <laughs> so... I, an oddly carnivorous I escapes from the zoo <laughs> and just decides to eat their parents his parents I don't know why well then the, the <laughs> then the rhino definitely is uh, a, a metaphoric um figure at the end of the movie because in the movie yes in the movie it's clearly a metaphor like, oh, it's okay. I, like I thought you meant in the no, in no, the, no. In, in the, the book, it's like it's just the idea of like I can't the struggle of trying to take the madness that is the book and interpret it into a movie that's cohesive. 
is because also the another thing James doesn't trans like the the like um, crocodile tongues thing. That's not that's in the movie. That's made for the movie. In the book, it's just diamonds, like magic diamonds. And then he spills them. The peach gets giant, and he just gets in it. He doesn't eat the peach and then become like a version of like you know like animated or whatever. He just like finds a hole in the peach, climbs in it. There's giant bugs, and then the peach, then the centipede disconnects the peach. The peach kills his aunts, just smushes them as it rolls out the I fence. Believe that. And, and then the book continues from that point forward. So it's like they they definitely like did it like did it up where they made it more kid like even more kid centric but also a little more metaphorical for a lot of stuff um why did none of these parents have proper guardians set up for their children in case of death because (laughs) like clearly you see how horrible your siblings are and the people in your life that you for some reason keep in your life (laughs) like a series of unfortunate events yeah you have not legally set up proper care for your child after in case or in case of death well this takes place in like in 1948. 1948. So, you there know, were the, there. the foster care system wasn't established at that point. Or, like, it was established, but, like, it wasn't, like, what it is today, which is not good as well. But, and, it, it, <laughs> you know, we don't know if there's anybody else to Alex look out for them. Maybe this is the only Guardians. Oh. <laughs> there we go. This thing keeps freezing on me. Uh I'm, we don't know if these are the only guardians that they have access to because we never get information if he has like grandparents or you know so if this people. is the best result that really says something about their side of the family <laughs> and like he would have been better apparently in an orphanage or something Um, why does he like who crawls inside a peach why is James doing that? I mean, is it worse boy. than what he's already at? You know what I mean? <laughs> you go inside a peach? At That's least weird. I'll die it's fruity. Weird. Like, I'll die fed. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a statement. <laughs> anyway... I really, I really don't know how to move on from that. Like that, that sentence right there just like stopped every thought in my head. Like all of a sudden, this this, this list does not seem important anymore. My questions. What else go on? That's your new catchphrase. Hey, uh, rather die fruity. I like it. I really don't. Uh, who uh, eats the who, fr- who freeze should I give it who freeze the peach again who freeze uh, the centipede Mr. Centipede he uh cuts the stem I feel like a centipede an earthworm and a glowworm is kind of redundant no who's talk the glowworm talk to doll man this is what he wrote in oh, fact yeah. even- well I can't talk to him I'm talking to you all in Does fact in the book redundant? there's even an extra bug that they didn't even put in the movie uh, Mr. Silkworm <laughs> so it's even more redundant also why are these all these little bugs hanging out in one peach is it because the peach is so large? How'd they get to center? Wait a minute. Wait because a minute. It's, a, think about it. it's a no, children's wait. story, Alex. No, is, I got something else. I got something else. all over again. <laughs> and yeah, and in Polar Express, I didn't have a list. Okay? So there's some more questions. Also, 
Did they get to the center of the peach when they first ate into it, or was it that they were just on the side? Of no, the peach? they're on a part because really- there's no there's the pit is in the center. So they never make it to the pit in the original. Like they're just hanging out inside a random hollow part of the, peach, the peach on the side of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, chill it. But they've made a little cave. They've made it their like a little homey area. Oh, great! Mm-hmm. You know, how sticky peaches. Look, when you try to run, you're acting like bugs <laughs> care about stickiness. Like I'm like, talking about the human boy, a spider. <laughs> like, the human boy that's sitting in like literally. Look, also, I'll, I'll deal with some stickiness for a weekend if I don't have to deal with those crazy aunts for the rest of my deal life. With, like the monsters, because first of all, when they show up, I was like, God damn, y'all need some Jergens right now. Y'all skin bad. <laughs> like, what the world? That, is, that is the that is that's <laughs> that's probably one of the main things that I remember from watching this movie as a kid is how scary the aunts look. Like still. Mm-hmm. They look scary, they especially, especially, uh, um, I always thought name was Spider. Uh, it's Spider. Joanna yeah. Lumley, especially, like, they did not do, like, like, you know, no, no shade to Joanna Lumley, but she, like, little shade. They, <laughs> they did not, like, dude, like, she just plays that role so well. I could see her playing, like, like, wicked stepmothers and, like, all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Sometimes, I mean, you're just, you just look at, like uh, Danny Trejo, he looks like the bad guy. Yeah, some people, like she just has that, like you know that, like which which is good because that means she's going she don't have to work, fight for work. <laughs> like she's that's true. You know, what I mean, there's somebody's got to play the bad guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think she's still acting now. The last thing she did was uh in 2022, Motherland. Uh-huh. Oh, she was in Wolf of Wall Street. Really. Yeah. If you look on her IMDb though, and look at her pages of when she was young, though, man, she was gorgeous when she was young. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a little shade to her. <laughs> <laughs> like she's married and got kids. I'm sure she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So so James turns into an animation every time he goes inside the peach. That means when they live in the peach no, pit. He he's no. just he just like when he eats the um the crocodile tongue that goes in that specific part of the peach, he turns into an animated boy. When he when he spits it out, when he lands, when they make it to New York, he's back to being a regular boy. Oh, okay. Then that I was going to ask, does he just turn into an animation every time he goes in and out of his own house now? Yeah, the animation no. thing is, I never realized how, because I, I remember when I first saw the movie, I never really questioned it, but it is a weird thing where they do acknowledge that he looks different when he eats the crocodile tongue, but they never acknowledge in what way, because the bugs still look the same when they arrive in New York, but he like, but, but they treat him no different. So I'm like, okay, Did but the do- bugs eat the crocodile tongue? Well, they were in the peach when it absorbed it. So that's why they also got to be giant and can talk and stuff. I, as a kid, I always thought it was, I always likened it to like the Wizard of Oz. Like when you go to this brand new world, everything is different. Like the world is different. Like for the Wizard of Oz, she goes to Oz and everything is in color. When James goes in the peach, Everything is different. It's animated. It's claymation. Okay, I'll give you that. 
Those are two sound answers for that statement. <laughs> I love how Tim Burton one's though, more whimsical than the other. <laughs> was t- he was just like, I mean, should I get another? Should we make another? Uh, how much more mold do we have? Not much. We need another pirate though. We need the main pirate. What are we gonna do? You know what? Screw it. We still got Jack Skellington over there. Just I put was, that in there. I was gonna <laughs> I didn't. I. I. This was my first time realizing that Jack Skellington was in this movie. It's just Jack Skellington. It's just like it's not. They even, didn't try to make him look different or right. anything. It is just he looks him. Exactly like Jack Skellington. Yeah, it was like, okay, that's clearly him. And I looked it up. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas came out before this, so that is definitely, it's not like that was a model and then he moved it into, into Nightmare Before Christmas. Or it could have been like both were a model and he's like, I'm just going to use this for everything. And I think I mean, if you look closely at Tim Burton's films with any acclamation, you'll find, you'll find Jack Skellington. Yeah, it might be a thing somewhere. of that. I think he's in other mm-hmm. movies too. Jack Skellington. Maybe. I believe it. Uh, I I think Mr. Centipede even mentioned, he said something about Skellington when he first sees him. (laughs) I don't remember. Uh, Why didn't the peach fill up with water when they were in the ocean? I mean. There's a giant hole. How did they not? The peach should have been like churning. The hole patches itself back up. Remember? Mm -hmm. When James climbs in, the magic of it, it patches itself back up. So there is no hole. How is there any light in the peach? Because you know the, the skin is the, the skin is thin, you know, so the light sunlight just peers through. And the holes from the um, the gate that surrounds it. Oh yeah, and then it also has been it's been punctured like six like sixteen or seventeen times from the fence. So mm-hmm. that's wrapped around. So that's it how to he make can breathe. Yeah, and from the top as well. Yeah, and the top opens and closes, and it's technically like. It's like a latch they can constantly open and close. So there's got to be oxygen coming in and out. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. Are you guys enjoying these lines of questions? <laughs> you act like like I will say. Like, I will say. I respectfully no. that you guys have some pretty good answers. <laughs> you like you like. I'm just saying. I know you're not for real because you still like Sharknado, a movie filled with nothing but nonsense and non non realistic. No, like, these are real questions. With Sharknado, <laughs> I have answers to those questions. No, you don't. They are not. No, you legit- don't. They are not like when I asked you. What are they no. time traveling? Your answer is well the. T- Title says time travel in it, so therefore they can time travel. <laughs> no, it's because the tornado opened up a vortex to the into the future. I just said it thought that would be easiest. You put too much thought into Sharknado. First you off, it was a time into James and the Giant Peach. Because I want to know some stuff. You're gonna have me watch this. <laughs> and how did they catch all those seagulls? Okay, no, you so saw good. how they caught the seagulls. They showed you. Their aim was far for too good for all that. And shouldn't it have, like, killed the seagulls because they're, like, kind of grabbing it and then pulling it? Like, that seagull, seagull should have snapped in half or something. No, they were light about it, you know? They were light the way they pulled it down. They didn't just yank it because then they would have snapped you're, it next. They just got to... You're asking about the seagulls before you ask about the robot shark that is spitting out uh, <laughs> these things that... <laughs> Look, if it involves sharks, I kind of just give everything a pass. See, that's another thing. The, here's the funny thing. That, the robot shark is weird because in the book, the sharks are just sharks. When the peach lands, it's just regular sharks just swarming around. I, why did they change it to a robot shark? I don't know. <laughs> because everything robotic is better. <laughs> Should always make things. We, I went to the zoo lights, woodland zoo lights here at the... Um, 
I did Woodland too. Park Zoo in Seattle. In Ariana went. Yeah, they had a. Did you see the robot grasshopper? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, see how cool was that? Robot animals are cool. Robot humans are scary. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense why the robot shark is even hunting them down. He's just like, because he doesn't know what he just tastes like. He's hungry. But he doesn't know what yeah. just tastes like. He doesn't even know what it is. It just because looks like a Because apparently when you get like those when crocodile I, tongues, you turn into a real boy. So he wants to turn into a real shark. <laughs> when, I, when I feed my dog bacon for the first time, he don't know what bacon is. But he know that it smells good. That's how the shark. That's how the shark was feeling. He smelled the fruitiness of the peach. He's like, "Ooh, that smells good. I want some of that." There you go. Everybody wants that peach. Everyone wants to die fruity. Looks disappointed. <laughs> Next question, Alex. Should I continue? <laughs> Uh, well, you g- good job on answering all my Atlantic uh, Ocean questions. Uh, mm-hmm. When they get there to New York, which, by the way, where are they exactly? Because now that I think about it, were they in England? They're in London, yeah. I think so. Or close yeah, they were to in London. London right? They're on an island off of the coast of London. Okay. So. And that's why they travel to New York. Um why did the ants think they were going to get away with murdering a child with stolen axes? Well, I think like, at they that point, the or, jig was up. They were just two, like, man, yeah, screw but it. It's like, like, we don't have the crowd you anymore. You one or two years, especially in 1948, one or two years probation for child endangerment, whatever. They did an attempted murder and theft. That's like at least five years back in 1948. You had- attempted murder on a child. Here's the thing. You act like if they like any punishment man could do to those clear demons that have escaped from hell would be <laughs> would suffice <laughs> like to taking them down. They don't fear the law. They don't fear the the, the trappings of man. They are above that. <laughs> they literally drove a car through the ocean. <laughs> underwater <laughs> that was damaged to back to New York. That takes a level of magic and hell magic that that, that cannot be that can't possibly be understood. You know, that really wasn't addressed either that they drove a car through the Atlantic. Does that mean James could have just stolen the car? Do they have crocodile tongue too? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Is that why they look the way they were? Are they bad witches? <laughs> Didn't he also, uh, uh, Rodell? Is that how you say his name? Rodel? Oh, Roald Dahl. Roald, Roald. Roald It's Roald Didn't he, Dahl. Roald, yeah. uh, Roald Dahl. Didn't he also write that book, Witches? Yes. Yes, he did. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. They're just the witches from the witches book. <laughs> oh, it all yeah, ties together. I remember that book. Yeah, and Charlie yeah, and the Chocolate all, Factory is somewhere in the world also. It's all the same <laughs> it's universe. It's a multiverse. <laughs> it's a multiverse. No, don't say that. Um, all right, they're going to start the Roll Doll universe of movies. <laughs> all of it ties together. <laughs> I, I, I could see them doing that. There's going to be like a, those little glimpses back. It's going to be an Avengers an level Avengers threat gonna... at some point where it's James. He's going to get the bugs together. They're like the guardians of the galaxy of that universe. And then the witches are, uh, you know, like the Suicide Squad. You've got Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. They're doing their thing. And there's other Roald Dahl books that I can't remember right now. They made that movie, The Witches, 
for HBO Max in 2020 with Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer, Stanley Tucci. I've been wanting to watch that. It's on HBO Max? Nope, because yeah. they removed it in oh. August 2022. Because it wasn't that great. Oh, <laughs> that was one I was I like, okay, that makes talk. sense. The only thing I remember <laughs> from that movie or seeing parts of that movie is that the girl who gets trapped in the painting. Is that for, Yeah. Where the little girl gets trapped in the painting and she slowly ages. I mean, I don't remember that part. I just remember the um, the mice and stuff. I, I didn't watch the movie, but that's a scene I know that's in the movie. But yeah, the, the Witches remake wasn't uh, wasn't great. Um, it's mainly just because so of the over-reliance on CG to make the witches, um, especially Anne Hathaway. which Because uh, ma- I feel like the makeup would have been fine. But they tried to do go all CG with it, and it kind of just looked weird. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, Octavia Spencer was good in it, though she was great, <laughs> and the and the main kid, who was a black kid, um, he was good too. Because he was black. I mean, not because he was black, but that did help a little bit because <laughs> he had he had soul, he had rhythm, he had he had life to him. <laughs> he was great. Um. Are the centipede and the spider married? No, but there is implication that the centipede is like feeling Miss Spider. I mean, how could you not? You see those legs? You see those boots? She's got style. She's got grace. And she's French. There's implications there that the kids don't understand, but the adults do. (laughs) That's what I was like. They kind of have that vibe. And then they're like, oh, it's like the mom and dad to James now. No, that's Grasshopper and Ladybug. Those are like mom and dad. Centipede no, and Spider are like I've also aunts, aunts and a, uncle. No, know? Centipede is James's father. Spider is the mom. Earthworm becomes James's uncle or cousin. Ladybug becomes uh, the aunt. And the Grasshopper is now James's grandfather. And Glowworm is now the grandmother. Does that mean the Grasshopper and the Glowworm are together? You made that up, all right? The grasshopper is just Grasshopper, all right? He's his own man. Wikipedia. He's a man of adventure. It's Wikipedia. It's on Wikipedia. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The last paragraph of Wikipedia has that. James, it is printed. I do have this also printed out because I was doing research. (laughs) That James introduces his friends, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Peach Pit is now made into a cottage in Central Park, which is by public property. Again, where? Are the, why is somebody taking this child into actual custody care? Uh, where James was happily got, with the bugs. Parents. They're bugs. The, the bugs oh, are the yeah. spiders. The spider and the centipede. Of course. Mm-hmm. How could I? I mean, I mean, who look, look who raised me? So I can't clearly judge. Uh, who forms new family, also finds success oh. in New York City. Mr. Centipede runs for New York mayor. And is now James's father. Mrs. Spider opens up a club and is now. It's a little weird that Mrs. Spider opens up a, a club. Well, clearly, <laughs> now all right, you didn't see the beret. Like, she wants to be like, you know, like, a, like, a, like, what's her face from the extremely goofy movie? Remember that girl who also had the black beret? Disney is nothing if not constantly repeating themselves. Like, you know, <laughs> like, just has the beret. Clearly, she wants to own a nightclub where they do slam poetry and also talk smack. <laughs> Well, Wait, Mr. French. Earthworm becomes a mascot for a skincare company? When did 
This yeah, was never yeah, this is in, it's in yeah. the credits. It's, as the credits roll, they show, you, like, see, they, you, see, oh, you see the oh, newspapers yeah. of what they're That's doing. Right. Which mm-hmm. actually is kind of creepy because he's next to like two beautiful women and it's just this ugly like It's earthworm. true. It is weird. It's, it's actually <laughs> really creepy. It's very weird. <laughs> the other ones look respectable in their photos. Photos. But the earthworm. Um and then Mrs. Ladybug becomes an obstetrician, which I don't. Why is the ladybug delivering babies? Because ladybugs have tons of babies. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like all the all these other ones kind of make sense. Ladybugs to be in like, nature have tons of kids. So it you know so just play on that theme. She delivers babies because she's delivered plenty of her own. So she could stands to reason she could deliver other people's like, babies. So. So she doesn't really have a real goal of her own. She's like, "Well, I'm a breeder, so let me help other breeders." <laughs> she's a very she's a like look. She's, she's qualified. She's a grandma. Okay, all she wants to do is spend time with other no, people's children. <laughs> she's James's aunt. Regardless, <laughs> she wants to spend time with kids. That's what she wants to do. Don't and shame her for her goals of wanting to be an obstetrician. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a little weird. I've had a lot of children, so this is it. This is where'd she get her medical degree? Who is allowing a ladybug in a hospital to help deliver children? She went to MIT, clearly That's got be her doctorate. So many, like, health code not, not, not MIT. I don't know why I said that one specifically. She went to <laughs> Yale. <laughs> she went to <laughs> She went to MIT for obstetrician. To get, get her doctorate. <laughs> That's even worse. Deliver children. Like, ah, you know, engineering, doctoring, it's the same thing. I mean, honestly, the more I learn about, like, birth, the birthing process and the pregnancy, you really do, like, need an engineer. There's, it's so fucked up. But, you know, um, but she's got a degree. Clearly, or else they wouldn't let her in the hospital. They would, she's not just yeah, going to show was, up and be like, I'm a ladybug. Let me get on in there. Spread those legs, really? ladies. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna move on from that. Mr. Grasshopper becomes a concert violinist. You can move on from that. <laughs> That's gonna be in my head all week. So. Does it take the place of? <laughs> does, does Everybody wants of... to die, fruity. <laughs> 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 my, my stomach hurts from laughing <laughs> so much. <laughs> I don't. Oh my god! I feel like my questions now aren't a, the most ridiculous thing on this podcast now. Uh, did you guys watch the uh, the post credit scene? No. no. <laughs> there is one. The only reason I knew there was one was because Disney Plus. When the credits started rolling, it said skip credits. And I knew they wouldn't say that unless there was something at the end of the credits. <laughs> so I skipped the credits. And at the very end, you see someone inserting like a coin into like a, a video game machine or like a what would be a video game in like the 1940s. Um, and it's uh, <laughs> it's called like, um, I forget what the name of the game was called, but it's called... Uh, uh, strike the aunt, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's called Strike the Aunt. And 
the rhinoceros comes and like you can hit the aunts with the rhinoceros and you can like play the game and hit the aunts with the, with the rhinoceros and they're like tied to a thing and it's like a little game it's it was it was actually it was it was kind of cool and artistic interesting oh that is sounds cool mm-hmm. i want to go back and watch that now um yeah funny enough uh thinking about because this movie did uh pretty well um in the award season, it was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Music, Original Musical, or Comedy Score. It did win Best Animated Feature Film uh, from the Annecy International Animated Film Festival and Best Animated Film from Dallas-Fort Worth Film Critics Association. Um, so, you know, it's got a, it's, it's, it, it's been pretty well. And I, I forget that Henry Selleck directed this movie. Who uh, Henry Selleck directed a lot of Tim Burton's like uh, movies that had the like stop motion and stuff because Tim Burton is like a producer on it. Um, same thing with Nightmare Before Christmas, like he produced it, but Henry Selleck is the one who actually like directed and made the. So movie. So he actually did all the work. Well, Tim Burton like had the ideas, he did the sketches stuff, so he was like a big part of the creative process but henry selick was the one who had the knowledge of how to do the stop actual stop motion part of it so like and that's that's why he's credited as director because like the stop motion part that's all him but tim burton did help like design and stuff like that um and it's it's interesting because he brought over the uh The Skellington figure as well. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I guess. Oh, that's I need true. Jack Skellington. Well, he Henry said, hey, S- I just had this in my bag. Let's 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 use this as a pirate. Well, he's just such a great director. Like the way he directs the stop motion is so solid, um, and he's still working today. He just did um, uh, that movie with uh, Key and Peele, um, Wendell and uh, something oh, on Netflix. Um, I know what you're talking about. Um, Wendell and Wild. Yeah, he just did that movie, so he's still doing the stop motion thing, man, and he's uh, and he's still good at it. I think the only thing about Wendell and Wild I thought was weird was that uh, most stop motion films. Wait, no spoilers. You, well, oh, okay. no, 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 most stop motion films you don't see like because the way they do them now is they have like magnets uh, for their mouths and stuff, so that way you don't have to keep like forming it with clay. You can just make multiple pieces, and then you just magnetize the mouths to the face the of shape. like which one you needed yeah. for each. Um, for their, you know, so their mouths can move and for their eyes, all that stuff. In Wendell and Wild, you can see where the connect, where the disconnections are. Most animation studios, like Leica, for example, who did like Kubo and the Two Strings and uh, Coraline and stuff, they replaced that. They're based that in st- Portland. They are. Um, there's going to, and uh, yeah. And they, um, they replaced that stuff. So you don't see it. So it looks seamless. Wendell and the Wild, you, you see all of it. You see all the production. It's so weird. It's just, but it's a stylistic choice. It's not an accident, but it's just a weird thing. Um, but anyway, I say all that to say Henry Selleck's great. I think this movie still holds up when it comes to the stop motion part of it. It looks so smooth, still looks really clean. Um, just and just is just great. Even just with the way fabric moves and the way he does like string and everything, it just looks great. I would say I did like when it was animated. I did like it. It looked cool. It always did look cool. That's the thing. It was uh, really seamless, yeah. A piece of me wishes... For being the older movie that is. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Alex. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, a piece of me wishes that this whole movie was animated, though. Because I don't feel like the live action really does anything for the story. And since he doesn't physically change in the book, it's kind of weird 
why they didn't just make the whole movie animated. I I liked the transition to animated. I feel like you're entering this new world. It, there's a there's a transition. You go from this dreary live action because we're in a live action world right now, and sometimes it ain't that great. <laughs> and then you go into you go into this magical world where you're animated with these talking bugs. I think that's that's a cool way to kind of uh, portray that that change. Yeah, I can see what you mean. We um, like when you mentioned with the Wizard of Oz, it was like adding color and flair and like a new beauty to it, almost turning it into a whole different world. And that showed it a lot when it went to animation because it allowed you. Because when you're like a kid and you watch animation and cartoon, it's like, oh, this is a world I can't live in, but I would love to live in. Mm. And this allowed it to show that it it's also separate from reality, too. Because, you know, bugs can't be that giant in anime. <laughs> and God help me, if they were, I would freak out. Oh, I learned about the Atticus spider in Australia. Ha! No. Or um, the, uh, what's, what's it called? The, um, the, that giant crab? crab? What's that giant crab that you see that's like as big as a trash can? Oh, the I think it's I forget what it's called too, but I know what you're talking about. These giant it's in Australia, I bet too. Of course it is. Australia's Australia is the place the of coconut just giant evil oh, yeah. creatures. <laughs> Look up the coconut crab and try not to squirm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to do it. Uh, um, did you see that? And it's like that. Oh, sorry. Go like, ahead. No go, no, go ahead. Did I see what? Oh, I was going to change this topic of kind of. I was just saying it's magical, but now I'm thinking about the coconut crab. I just love the <laughs> idea that the Miss Spider at one point is mentioning how, like, they're talking about how delicious the peaches are and then uh, the peaches. And she's like, yeah, it tastes great. It tastes better than this, this, and even more, more uh, tasting ladybugs. And I love, I'm as ladybugs like, hold up, what? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> And Miss Fire never answers that. And I'm just like, yeah, y'all just, y'all didn't realize y'all were the murderer. She has killed many other bugs. <laughs> I am sure of it. Or maybe she's talking about her partner. Regardless, she still killed them. <laughs> no, I mean, like, so, she tastes them as in, like. You know. Make this better, Jonathan. Make no, this better. Like, she tastes them as in, like, mm, you want a taste of it? Like, you know. <laughs> I, I don't want to be thinking about that. I, I, I just, I, I was going more literal, like National Geographic. You know, spiders eat bugs, and not in that way. And <laughs> like you just, well, everybody wants to die fruity, so <laughs> way to go. Hashtag for this episode: uh, die fruity. Uh, <laughs> but uh you know the thing is is that <laughs> is that uh i was also gonna go to apparently there is talks of possibly remaking this movie yeah i saw that um sam mendez was involved Previously. Yeah, to be in negotiations with Disney to direct another live-action adaptation of the novel with Nick Hornsby in talks of the script. In May 2017, Mendez no longer 
uh, was no longer attached to the project due to his entering talks with Disney about directing a live action film of Pinocchio. So Pinocchio kind of took over. I and that Pinocchio flopped. Pinocchio as a kid. I used to love Pinocchio as a child. I feel like I I don't know like all the Disney live action. I mean, this one wouldn't necessarily be a live action remake because there's a live action element to it. So really, you just got to kind of do it again. But I just yeah, I'm not prepared for the bugs to be CG because that's what they're gonna do. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're not. I highly doubt they're gonna call Henry Selleck back and be like, "Hey, Henry, you want to do some live action bugs again?" Like they're gonna make him CG. And they're going to make the movie longer. This movie's a tight oh. hour and 30. Like, if that. It's, it's even it's less than an that. an hour and 20. Yeah. So. Yeah, they would drag it out. They're going to make so it like much. two hours long. <laughs> and it's going to be a whole fleet of sharks. Not just sharks. Like a whole ocean of them. Mm-hmm. They're going to come attacking. Although I will admit that, like, I the one part of this movie, if we have to talk about a negative, the music music in this film has not always hit. you didn't like the music that's what it was nominated for an oscar for uh, there's so many like not all the Did songs are bad like... i like the peach song and i like um the and, like big city and... it's you know what it is it's his song I'm, i hate to say it and i, I feel bad because i'm picking my on name kid. is james when he starts singing his song my name is james and it's not him it's the writing the lyrics in this song are so bad <laughs> Are you saying Randy Newman? That's what I was about to say. You, you, you dissing it's Randy possible. Newman right now? Because the song he, the who wrote, you, you got a friend of me. You, the, the, listen, everybody has a bad day. All right, everybody has an off day. <laughs> that you, that you just stumble into an Oscar nomination for. Mm. He wrote the rest of those songs fantastically. That one though, <laughs> that one specific song was the one that made them not win the Oscar. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I'm willing to bet Bash you because the they got nominated. They didn't win it. So <laughs> who won that year? Let's see who won the Oscar um, for best 97. Music? Was it the words that bothered you or was it Paul It was Terry the words. Singing? No, it was the words. Paul Terry. Like, no, because he's a kid, you know, he, he's only going to sing, but so good. But I don't know. But the words is what was weak for me. I was like, this is not like this is the weakest one of the group. Because he's a kid who just lost his parents. Did you want a chippier tune or what? Okay, no, Alex, you know the world of musicals, all right? We are not, like, we're not going to pretend like he's writing the song, too, all right? <laughs> Pocahontas didn't just have Just Around the River Bend just in her back pocket, all the lyrics <laughs> ready to go whenever she felt happy to sing it. <laughs> like I don't know if she had, like, Just Around the River Bend. She was singing what she was doing. I do that. I sing about my lunch a lot. I didn't know that until Jonathan pointed it out one day. <laughs> <laughs> but like sometimes you just sing what you sing. So I, I assume you you just assume that Phil Collins is hiding in the trees while Tarzan's swinging about, singing his jams real quick every time Tarzan's around. Yes, and Tarzan's <laughs> kind of stupid because he was raised by apes to realize why there's a man just singing in the trees. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Collins. Two hearts, one family. Oh, snap, he sees me. I'm more, <laughs> more concerned about the fact that Jane didn't see him. <laughs> yeah, this is just that one song. Um, I, I did not like it. Did not like it. Um, the rest of the music, though, is all right. You know, the the, the two bug songs. Um, and that song when the grasshopper's playing the violin. 
fantastic. Love that song so much. And the end credit song. The song Randy Newman sings at the end of this movie, the end credits, I was jamming. Cause he like it was a it had that gospel flavor, which that's where Randy Newman got his musical um, prowess from. Is that he hung out with a bunch of like jazz and blues musicians, so that's why he has that like in him to make music like that. Uh, but it was fantastic. I and, forgot how, Emma, how good of a singer Rand, Randy Newman was. He was Emma won He's, that year. Uh, uh, Emma from like the movie, the nineteen ninety six movie. I don't remember that. Movie. Neither do I. I know they've done remakes of it before, or after, previous, or after, like in recent years. Yeah, I don't recall that movie. I'm sure the moment I like see it, I'll be like, "Oh yeah," like off the top of my head, I don't recall it at all. But I hope Emma was worth it. I guess Emma's better than James. James Paul Terry, though he's not done a lot of stuff. As an actor. He wasn't a cute looking kid. He did Tears Before Bedtime. He was in like uh, two episodes of that. James and the Giant Peach. He's in uh, a show called Micro Soap. <laughs> Micro Soap. And, and he was in a Lady Gaga music video in 2011. Those are his acting credits. Wow. There's not even a picture of what he looks like today. Oh. So... No, his no. career fell. Hey, <laughs> it happens sometimes. But sometimes. he did. He did a great job in the in the film. Yeah, he did. He was pretty good. Um, Technically, he wasn't really even in half of the film. His voice was. <laughs> they didn't even use him for all of it. Listen, LeBron is in Space Jam too. Dang it! Even if it's just his voice, that is crazy. <laughs> or That's his body. Weird to think about the fact that he's the fact that he's only nine years older than me. I feel like he would be at least like 50 years old. He's only 37 right now. Wow. Did you find a picture of him? Isn't that weird? No, I I just see his age on Wikipedia. Wow. He's only six years older than me. That's weird. That's a weird... I didn't like that thought (laughs) at all. (laughs) This has been a weird ass episode. Uh, I don't is, like anything that's coming out of it. What's funny is you look up Paul Terry, the first thing you get is former child actor. <laughs> oh man, he couldn't even get like an adult. Oh, dude, he looks time. like he just is out here, like I don't know, doing stocks and bonds now or something. <laughs> it says he's a teacher now. That oh, that makes sense. Him. Yeah, he that's, looks like the type that's of guy a, to be a teacher. That's a respectable career path to go down. Yeah. Compared to a lot of child stars, he he did he did well. He did, he ended up well. And he can always say, no matter what, hey guys, like uh, to his students, be like, hey, you know, just so you guys know, uh, yes, I am in James and the Giant Peach. Your parents have probably shown you my movie. <laughs> I I am around to sign autographs if you would like one. Unless you meet an adult like me who has just watched it. <laughs> Be like, who the fuck is you? I was always aware of James and the Giant Peach. I just never really watched it. Um, last comment I have is, it's not really a question. It's just more of a statement. I was super uncomfortable when all the children were eating the Giant Peach. I found that disgusting. I Especially because, because rolling in the... That pe- yeah, the peach was, was on top of the Empire State rolling. Building. <laughs> <laughs> it was on top of the Empire State Building. It was rolling through the Atlantic Ocean. It had a bunch of seagulls. 
below right above, above it. it. <laughs> yeah. God knows, yeah. Like, yeah. And then, then it's rolling around the damn streets of New York City. Uh, and it was in the ocean at one point. Not my child. So. <laughs> yeah, it was rolling through the ocean. And it had bugs and people living in it. <laughs> and all these children in footy pajamas just coming and eating it. Also, this is New York City. Why are you letting your children run around at DM 2 in the morning in their pajamas to go see a giant peach that just fell from the sky? Your child, should, one, should be in bed. And two, How, like, to do where what? are you not with this sleep? child? You hear all that commotion going on outside? There's police, firefighters, not cranes, all types of stuff happening outside right now. What kind of you? <laughs> All right, I will admit, I probably would be outside because I need to know what's going right, on. Right, because it's like this giant peach like, I'll be outside. The sky. But still, I would not be allowing my child to run up and just suckle on a giant peach. <laughs> it's weird. Di- it's weird. They'll, they'll die fruity. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're definitely getting like poisoned or ingesting something. I... God knows what's on that peach's skin. Here's more my It's also been poked whole. Is the mysterious man. No one ever... <laughs> like that. James is too trusting of a child. Because that is like too trusting. Because that man literally just pops up and he's just like, here, take this bag of all these magical crocodile tubs. Yeah, like, yeah that and, was... And also, don't question that that's what they are. That's just what I told you. <laughs> you just, that was the 1940s for you. That was the 1940s for you. And what's messed up? It's crocodile tongues. Like uh, crocodile tears or like talk crocodile scales, okay. But these are tongues that have been boiled Why in like all this magic and stuff, and, and like and with, with like all these different potions and everything else. Like something like a scale, okay, cool. Tears, all right, all right. But tongues is like, did this man rip out you? Yeah, the head. got a little excited about the tongue. You got a little excited about those crocodile tongues. <laughs> Hold on. You couldn't. Bu- Hold on. No, other way. There we go. All right. There. <laughs> nice. But to- why tongues? Ooh. I just, I just love the idea. And the aunts don't see this man. And I'm like, this, this feels like a very short lawn or whatever it is, because there's not really any grass, so it's more like rocks. But you know, short like so they yard. Seen. They should have seen him. <laughs> there's no way they didn't. He appears at the end too with his magical tongues and goes like, "Oh look, the story's completed." And it's right. like, even before so it, he was like, "Get there!" The I did crowd like how- who's like, "Let the boy speak." Because <laughs> I did like at the end, he basically said that, you know, um, James wanted to share this story with everyone, and you just watched the way that he did that. He decided to do that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was cool. That was kind of cool. The idea that James became a director and made a movie <laughs> and hired a <laughs> hired a bunch of people to make it. <laughs> Do you think that the old man is just James time traveling? That's what I Possibly. thought it was going to be. be is that it was going to be James? Yeah. The old man was going to be James, which would be really interesting if he's like James. You like listen to me. Take the crocodile tongues. Don't spill them though. But do spell them. But they're like awesome. We're going back to the Adam Project. <laughs> Look, it really is Marvel. Like they gave me time traveling technology, James. I need you to take these. And I give you. He's created a time loop. Pumps. He's created a paradox where it's constantly. 
This We're is, in the multiverse. This is the version James of and James. James Peach started the multiverse. This is the version of James that didn't escape the island, and so he. But magic exists in his time, so he's made a magic concoction, went in a time machine, and he freed another version of James in a different timeline, where he's like, "You deserve to suffer what I have. You see me? Look at me. I am clearly homeless in another time period. Take these warnings, <laughs> these crocodile tugs. Save yourself." <laughs> Also, to put in con- into context the time period, back in 1948, the Empire State Building was the tallest building in the world. Mm. Now it's number 54. Yeah, because it's like in, the building in Dubai, in right? Yeah. Is the tallest building in the world? That, that uh, like the tower? Tallest, um, yes, the Burj uh, Khalifa. Mm-hmm. I remember when the Sears Tower was also the world's largest building in the world. And now, I think that's like in the 20s or something. Why do we keep building tall buildings? It's unnecessary. It really is. (laughs) Because architectures are trying to compensate for other things. Have we learned nothing from the Tower of Babel? All right. Clearly not. Apparently, people in today's world have learned nothing from anything ever. (laughs) Because look at the state of where we are. <laughs> uh, and clearly we have not learned not to eat food off the floor because there was all these children eating the peach. To be fair, it was on a truck. All right. They, they, they're like, okay, I know this. I understand this. The, tr- the fruit is on a truck. I'm eating it. <laughs> it's like I'm getting it off this truck. I'm going to go eat something off a truck now and let's see how safe that is. <laughs> no, I just mean, you know, when people drive in fruit trucks and they're just like, here, take this thing a truck, they take this thing a fruit. It's good to eat. It's fresh. Still no. <laughs> Still doesn't sound safe to I me. I just love also the cop this truck doesn't look at these two ladies who are just like, yeah, we're definitely taking care of this child. Oh. So then you can explain how it is that your child that you're supposed to be the guardian of was on the top of the high tallest building in the world on a giant peach unaccompanied with anybody. (laughs) Well, they were right behind him in their car in the ocean floor. (laughs) They were following. He was there. And more importantly than that, clearly you haven't been taking care of him enough because he's telling tall tales about giant bugs and flying peaches. All right? So he's clearly got a mental health issue. Y'all are not to be trusted. I loved, (laughs) usually in these types of stories, when the villains get caught or whatever and the hero is, you know, up here and the villains are down here, usually the hero will be like, that's all right. I, you already got your revenge. You can just go away now or like police take them away. No, James wanted to torment these women. For real, because he's like, Miss Spider, get their ass. <laughs> and then when you get them, wrap them up too. <laughs> Drink the blood. Hold on, wait a minute, James. Yeah, that's right. Whip their legs off too. So Mr. Centipede, start snipping. It's like, I think right, this Spider would have done it. Chill, 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 James. Calm it down. Spider would have done it. Because they tried to kill the spider first. That's the spider true. Had its, the spider was in its right to murder the ants. The spider probably would have been like, so can I eat them now? Whoa, 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 whoa. Eat them? Well, chill, lady. It ain't that serious. Yes, it is. It's always that serious for children. 
Uh, funny um, enough, though, I, I I think it is like when he did disagree, when he said no, and then her neck snapped, like, like just audibly snapped, and she looked at him like, what you just say to me? I was like, oh, shoot, James, you need to run. That's your ass. She, <laughs> something that changed in her. She got the devil in her. You need to leave. James, don't stick around here no more. You've got all these witnesses. It's like they, they, they'll, they'll back you up when they see her transforming into like a dragon or something. Get out of there. <laughs> I mean, a dragon wouldn't be the weirdest thing they saw all day. That's true. <laughs> Man, I also. Uh, that's why that's all the things on my list. Who so. the heck would come to just see a giant peach? Have you uh, never driven through the fucking Midwest? I mean, that's literally there's a giant ass thermometer out there. There's a giant toilet. There's a giant chair. There's a giant uh uh Ted Ted Bundy. Yeah, but even then, wow. those people do they have a, lines a, like wait, that? Wait, wait, it's the guy with the axe. What the Paul guy Bunyan? with the axe? Oh, Paul Bundy. Again, you said it wrong Bunyan. too. Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan. I said Paul Bundy. I, I know. I know because I said Ted Bundy. Paul Bunyan. Yeah, yeah, you have to wait in line. Okay. Well, I think right. I, think, yeah, I, I only know that from TV because, like, on TV or in movies, when there's a road trip, they're always like, ooh, let's stop off this exit to see the biggest ball of yarn or something like that. Biggest ball of yarn is in t- Kansas, and I did have. See? I have always. Like, weird accent just came out there. I have wanted to see it. It makes you want to just bring a knife and just start cutting. Cutting yarn off, and then get arrested, and then get arrested. <laughs> maybe you, maybe you. Uh, yeah, those things exist out there. Yeah, I would totally go see a giant something. I think it's fun. A it's, giant King Kong head. No, no, that's terrifying. That's fucking terrifying. The eyes move and the nostrils flare. No, I, no, because it's gonna become real suddenly and be- eat me. I love though that James is just sitting there, and you could tell that he could not cry on command because they had to put a tear. The tear just sitting there. It's not moving. It's not nothing. It's just sitting on his cheek the entire time. Like they just placed it there. Like, all right, James, don't you move? It's, it's, don't tilt your head because then it'll start dropping, and you can't make no more. Just sit right there and look sad. <laughs> it's called the the manly cry because they always have that one tear right there. Well, that's the thing. It's like, like perfectly tear shaped. Which there too. was a great shot where James is looking and it's like the silhouette and you could see the tear in the light. It looked great. It was a great shot, but it was one of those things where I'm like, but that tear ain't moving. It sure is just holding on for dear you life. You know to what? Cheek. I feel like, like I feel like that it was like a sticker. I feel like they put a sticker like right there. Or like, like some, it's a little crystal or like a gel or glue. something. Hot glue. They put Maybe. hot glue on that child. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot tell me they didn't put hot glue on that child. At the highest form, all right? There's no confirmation on that. <laughs> Look me in the eye and tell me you would, if a story came out that they were like, yeah, it was hot glue, you wouldn't 100% believe that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I guess so final thoughts. Up. I I enjoyed it. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it was fun. I'm glad it was succinct. 120 minutes. I mean, not 120 minutes. Uh, an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, you can't beat that. Nowadays, like we were saying, people want to stretch things out nowadays. But if you can tell the story yeah. in a certain amount of time, then do it. All right. 
and I uh, and I enjoyed it. There were there were a few things that you know I had forgotten from when I was a kid, and um, <laughs> as we've discussed, whether or not they make sense uh, in terms of the uh, context of the story, I enjoyed it nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite line was when. Um, when I think it was uh, Mr. Centipede jumps off the uh, jumps off the peach, uh, someone else said. I think Mr. Cricket says he's committing pesticide. <laughs> that that got me. <laughs> that was good. That was I, good. I love that. Um, but overall, yeah, I enjoyed it just as much as I did when I was a kid. Yeah, um, it's a good movie. It's great film. Um, I think it still holds up. As far as like the stop motion, like it, it definitely does look like older stop motion compared to how they how we do stop motion now. Um, but it still definitely is still solid movie. Um, I I, def, I think the live action bits definitely do look like a play. Like you can tell they're like just one set is like, look, this is what we built. Goddamn, you just gonna have to roll with this. We're not going to any other location. They spent more money on the animation than anything. more than like, more than likely. So, um, but it works, you know, it works for, to make this feel very storybook. Like, you know, this feels like a very storybook um, type movie, almost like watching a a children's book come to life. And I think that was the goal. So it works really well in that way. Um, And I think all the acting is great. I think the aunts are fantastic. Like, uh, even if, you know, they, like you might think like oh man like they're kind of mean like that's the point they're supposed to be really really mean and they sell it they do a great job um and uh all of the voice actors we didn't really talk about them that much but richard dreyfus susan Randon, jane Le- uh, leaves or levis um simon callow and david thulis all great um great great acting just sells every line they say and uh, if they sang all their songs too, also fantastic uh, with the singing. So it was just overall a good movie, a classic film, um, well-directed. And if you have kids or if you know you want kids, definitely keep this on the on the brain as like a movie to show them when they're old enough and you think they can handle people getting eaten by rhinoceroses and crazy ladies that look like demons <laughs> Alex your final thoughts my final thoughts are more on you two I do appreciate thank you both for answering my questions so well um, in regards to the mood although some of the things you guys have said tonight will will haunt me forever <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought the movies in general were pretty. For this episode. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I already, I already got some plans. Um, I thought the movie was cute. It was a cute film. It was a very one of those films that was definitely made for a kid, but it was also made for an adult to enjoy as well. With the little references, with the little French spider. Um, I like the color. Even though the color contrast in the film, even though during like when they were in the ocean, they were dealing with the Arctic storms and stuff like that and the sharks, and it was a little darker and gloomy, it was still a more vibrant color compared to when he was living at the house with his aunts. Mm -hmm. And then even the color contrast from like the beginning of the film, even though it was during the day um, to New York at nighttime, it was still so much brighter in lighting as well. 
compared to the beginning to the end of the movie showed definitely how much he felt lighter and how much he was, you know, happier to be finally in New York. Uh, I think, yeah, if you have kids, definitely, definitely a recommendation for them to watch. I think it's something they won't fully appreciate until they're adults because they're like, hey, it's a peach and I get to go hang out with me. Although, you know, teach them not to eat fruit that has fallen on the ground. <laughs> that movie does send that uh, message to them. This peach went through a lot in this film. It had. It Sometimes, you know, it's okay not to eat the fruit. You can, you know, mash it up. Adam and Eve. Bury it. They- not really where I was going. I, mean, that, I thought that's what you saying. From a, came from a I tree. Was, that's a completely different issue. <laughs> I was saying you could just um, use the fruit to either for compost, you know, circle of life. It's true. And all that. They could bury it like, uh, although they say they ate it down to the pit, you know, the whole the whole city. So. So that means somebody was eating some bird poop. Somebody I mean, you can just wash dirt. that off. You know, just take some hot water, just wash that right on off. You know, and then, and then peel the skin off because it's only on the skin, and just you know, and then eat the peaches. I'm never accepting fruit if I go to either of your guys' place. <laughs> Our fruit I, doesn't I wasn't come that the way. Fruit we're eating. just saying this is like you know, this is how they eat I the peach. I said people were right? eating bird poop. Does that sound appetite like something that I would enjoy? <laughs> so all around. I'm glad I watched this movie. <laughs> I really have no nothing else to say. <laughs> and I went through my whole list, which was yeah. nice. Tell nice. us, wait, question. I got the tell good. us if you've seen James and the Giant Peach. What'd you think about it? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Uh, why? Comment below if you're on YouTube or just like message us or something um, on our social medias or at Gmail at the first one's gmail.com. Uh, you know, if you're just listening to this audio version wise, tell us what you thought about James and the Giant Peach. Anyway, nice. socials! <laughs> yes, you can find me at Jonathan Keys on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you please. You can follow us at the first ones to die everywhere on all our social media channels you can follow us the first ones to die on youtube subscribe to us uh give this video a like go ahead and comment uh what are your thoughts do you have nostalgia uh towards james and the giant peach let us know Uh, also if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform go ahead and give our podcast five stars go ahead and review us as well we would really appreciate it alex where can people find you you can find me on alex and nobody on instagram and on tiktok and on tiktok as well you can find the podcast the first ones to die where i post little clips of the podcast video and then also some hints of what we might be watching next week and well also random things i'm doing throughout the day because i get really bored at my normal <laughs> job so need to be entertained in some manner of way uh, what about you, Jerome? Where are we finding you? You can find me at Jerome Rett on Instagram as well as at Media and at Jerome underscore the underscore show to see all the other stuff I'm working on creatively. Um, and, you, you know, also check out the YouTube channel to see uh, a bunch of extra content that you can't get on our audio platform. Stuff like mini reviews, book reviews, vlogs, gaming videos, and recorded versions, you know, film recorded versions of all of our podcast so you can see our lovely faces if you would like 
and uh, also be able to look out for when we start streaming on Twitch again. Uh, currently, we were uh, in the middle of playing Stray. We'll get back to it as soon as we can, but uh, be able to look out on our social medias when we announce when that happens, so you can be there live to see me and Alex playing that game, and maybe one day all three of us playing a game of some kind, so you know, be on the lookout for that. There's a cat that dies repeatedly in that game, too. <laughs> that's on us, though. That's that's up to us. <laughs> as long as we're good at Like, if we're good at the game, the cat lives. <laughs> next week, tune in! I'm not good at the game! Tune in next week for Samurai Cop! Yeah! <laughs> it's happening! Those who know, know. Those who don't know, you fin to find out. Tune in next week. <laughs> I don't know, so I guess I'm finna find out. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna finna find out too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye.